yes, it's about a manicuric loss lab, but it's really about feeling good. And you feel good, you do good. You sort of take on your day. Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor Tristan Almada, the show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Almada. Now, this is my first time talking about manis and petties, but you're going to love my next guest. He's built out an amazing business out of this membership based out of New York. The company's called Gloss Lab. You've got to check this out. My next guest is Rachel Glass. So we talk about her entrepreneurial journey from where she got started to where she is now, where she's heading to, which is amazingly exciting. If you want to learn just some basics as to what to do to have a successful business, you're going to want to listen to this. This one isn't one of my longest podcasts, but it is one of the most packed podcasts I've done. It's about 30, 35 minutes. Jump in with me, listen in. You're going to become a fan of Rachel Glass at Gloss Lab. Let's jump right into this one. Welcome back to another episode of Brilliant Thoughts, a success magazine podcast. And today I have Rachel Glass. Rachel, where are you out of today? I'm out of New York City. It's finally sunny in New York City. I like it. Look, you're in you're in New York. I'm in LA. And I love your background, by the way. I, I see all of these different covers to gloss up. For those of you listening through the podcast and you can't see the background, it looks nice. So you're missing out. Watch us on social. Rachel, let's jump right into this because I, I did some research on you. And I'm always trying to highlight businesses, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, just to show that there are so many different approaches to business. It's just in general, because this is our this is our audience. This is our core audience, right? Entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. And it's so cool to see that you created something amazing out of nail polish, out of something that that some people would say, really? But it's amazing. This is why I, I wanted to talk to you. It's like, Thank you. where did the idea come from? How did you develop this? Because it's taken a life of its own because I feel like you have so much passion for it. So give me the journey. Where did this start? Yeah. So this started. And if you ask some of my oldest friends, they'll say that I had this idea in college. So I definitely didn't do it in college, but have had this idea for a long time. Out of business school, I worked in finance for about 10 years. I would often sit in offices where the shoe shine person would come around in the morning. And I would think this would be so great if this was a manicure. A manicure to me was always an errand, like it was like a shoe shine. It was always part of my week, having my nails polished made me feel good. It made me feel put together. I was meeting with investors day in and day out. So it was a really important part of my week and a really important part of my routine. And I ultimately left the world of hedge fund fundraising and had had this idea for a gloss lab, but really began working on it. It was after my second, I have two young daughters. It was after my second daughter was born and I felt like I was just 
um, doing a lot of FaceTime and a lot of travel. Um, not, not our version of FaceTime, FaceTime in the office when that was a thing. And it was too many days of doing something that I wasn't as passionate about and ultimately left to start Gloss Lab and really create a brand in the nail salon space. So I found that the experience of getting my nails done was not focused on the customer. When I started Gloss Lab, I really made it hygiene first. I'm a lifelong germaphobe. So germaphobe before COVID and now, you know, now everyone's a germaphobe, but hygiene first, completely waterless. All of our tools are sterilized in hospital grade sterilizer machines, autoclaves. We also have a membership-based model. So I found that nails really lent themselves to membership because it was something that people do every week. And our members really are coming to Gloss Lab every week for manicures, um, every week or every other for pedicures. So it really lent itself to that. So I took that crazy jump from a cushy finance job to start Gloss Lab. I initially opened the first two locations myself and then did a raise of fundraising for additional locations and product expansion and have grown the business from there. Let's start breaking this apart a little more because I think the, so, so we have people that have achieved billion dollar companies listening in million dollar companies and some that are just starting off. So I want to know towards the beginning, when you had the idea, you put it to paper and you're like, this is what I'm going to do. These are the few things I'm going to do first to get this going. What were those things? Because I know that as you started, it looks completely different than where it is now. But where did it start? Like, how did that look? Yeah, I think it's so good to remember that and go back to that. When I first started, because some of the things that I look at now, when I was at the time doing them, for example, when I was building out my initial model for projecting the financials for the business, there was so little data on the nail salon industry. Historically, it's mostly pen and paper. And there's not a lot um, available. So initially, I, I would hire task rabbits multi, at different times of day to stand outside of different nail salons and count the number of people going in and out. And that was how I got my initial projections. At the time when I was doing that, I felt like a crazy person. Like I have this big idea, but what am I actually doing? Like I'm hiring task rabbits to stand up side nail salons. This is so weird and so crazy. Um, but I just kept going. I kept pushing myself. I did, I sort of made a deal with myself. I'm going to do three things a day. So what are three things I can do today to push this idea forward? And sometimes those things were like what I said, hiring a task rabbit, which in retrospect, that's how I got started with little things like that. But at the time, it's sort of hard to see, you know, the, the further along in the picture. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So now, did you start off because you, you come from the hedge fund world? Did you start off with a business plan uh, with outlining all financials, what, what you thought it would look like? Or did you just dive into it and say, hey, this is what I think it's going to look like? I would say I started, I'm definitely a planner. I did not start off with a 20 page business plan by any means. I started off, I would say, mostly with an idea and with an excitement about that idea and about really shifting and changing this industry. Um, and it definitely had financials around it, but I definitely did not start out with a 20 page formal business plan. You started with an idea that you thought, what this, this right here is missing in the industry. Yes. The more people I talk to, 
that have created like you amazing businesses they they start with the same idea it's like i'm, I'm there's something missing here and we want to create something for it reminds me of jim oh geez i think it's mckinley but he created the little square device for the iphone when we interviewed him he's like it's the same thing it's like I, it wasn't there and i needed it um so when now you you hire these task rabbits to go and sit in front of of nail salons and count how many people are coming in and out. How did you start using that data to then give you the confidence to say, got it, this is real, right? I can now go and progress to the next phase of this. I, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I had too many moments where I was ever 100% confident of this is real. Let me, let me keep going. I sort of continued to listen to this gut. It was much more for me about following this idea and following this idea that if I knew this was something I wanted to be better, the experience of getting my nails done, I I knew that there were other people that felt the same way. And I just kept going. But I I doubted myself and continue to doubt myself day in and day out. It's 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 very hard. It's part of the journey. It's not, it's by no means a straight line up. It's a lot of ups and downs, up and ups and downs every day. All right. I like that. And that's, that's part of the authenticity, I think, because you talk to any business owner, they're going to feel like, I don't know if this is actually going to work or if I'm going in the right direction. And and Rachel, that's because you're, you're paving the way. It's like, this hasn't been done before. So you're just going with your gut, which is what I love. Right. Yeah. So you fast forward to, as you start growing and you're starting to see this take off, what were the main things you you think were the reasons that this started taking off? Was it, like you said, hygiene first, waterless? Did you already have the membership thing going on? What, what do you think were the things that allowed it to grow so fast? I think initially it was the membership model. The membership model, we, as far as I know, are the, the first and only nail salon that has ever done a membership model. We also are really, really focused on efficiency. So how do we make this an enjoyable experience, but really efficient. So you're in, out, and back to your day. And really taking that approach to us, or to Gloss Lab, was it was a big differentiator because other nail salons weren't doing that. So, and other nail salons were not. We have online booking, cashless check in, check out. So things that just make the entire experience a lot more efficient. Got it. Did you, from the very beginning, identify that membership was the way to go for you? Or was that something that came out through the beginning process? So we actually have, it's a split. We have members and non-member customers. um, And we have actually a pretty even number of both. But membership has been core to Gloss Lab from day one. That was a fundamental when I was making my quote unquote business plan. That was right there. So that was really day one. I like that. I love the idea, by the way. Like the, the more I'm talking to you, I'm like, oh, this is this is so cool. I'm not from this world, but it makes so much sense. Like when you're talking to me, I'm like, this this makes sense. Okay. Tell me about the background collage here, gloss up, because I see different covers. Tell me about that. So in designing our locations, I really was aiming to have a branded experience. I think what some other brands have done so well, Equinox, SoulCycle, if you go into one of those locations in any city, 
it feels, it smells, it looks the same. Mm. And there's a trust factor in that. And we've really aimed to, to do that with Gloss Lab as well. And this is, is novel in the nail salon industry because it's such a fragmented industry that going from one salon to another are so very different. So with Gloss Lab locations, the gloss up wall behind me, and this is in my office, but this is in in all of our locations. So really bringing fun to the experience. We have a gloss up wall. Our nail polish wall is not bottles of nail polish. So a frustration for me was always the polish color on your nails is, or the polish color in a bottle is not exactly what it looks like on your nails, sort of like paint, like when you're painting your house. So we made a nail tile wall where it's actually tiles of polished nails mm-hmm. and you can see what the polish looks like painted on. You can see it against the nail, which is really cool. And it's, it's a really big differentiator for us. It's in every gloss lab location. We also, as I said, we have waterless services. We have stations designed to be same time Manny Petty, but every gloss lab really looks and feels the same. And, and that's, and that's by design. So you can be in any city and at gloss lab and have it look and feel the same. That's cool. Feeling is incredibly important because at the very beginning, when we started talking, you, you're telling me, look, I want people to, to feel great after, because you know, the importance of, of a simple petty or many, how it makes you feel right. And now you're telling me feeling all across the brand, like you want it to feel the same. And, and that's so key. You're hitting on something that a lot of companies completely miss. This is why like you have a strong following. Like I already love you. It's like, this is so good. Thank you. I, you know, I think, I think really a manicure is something it's so small that you do for yourself and it makes you feel so good. Like you feel put together and dressed after you have a manicure um, and have really just, that's been the focus. Yes. It's about a manicure at Gloss Lab, but it's really about feeling good and you feel good. You do good. You sort of take on your day. So then how much more do you focus on feeling outside of these two things? How does a feeling then go into your newsletter? If you've got one, how does it go into the communication with the clients? So you keep on coming, uh, bringing the clients, a consumer back. What about social media? What what does that look like in your world as far as branding and feeling? I would say Gloss Lab, the, the branding is very important. It's, I would say it really goes hand in hand. It's great service and great vibe, sort of like a restaurant. You need both. You need great service and you need great food and you need a great vibe. So same thing with Gloss Lab. Nothing works on its own. If it doesn't, you know, if, if our interior is not fun and interesting with, for example, with this gloss up wall behind me, you know, and you, you're just getting a great manicure, that's one thing. But when they can go together, when you can get both together, that's a huge win. That's true. I like that. What are you doing next when it comes to glass lab? Anything that's it's got you excited for 2023 and you're like, I, I I love this idea. This is going to be amazing that you can at least tell us, not secrets. So I'm telling you, it's it's a secret until it's a secret right now, but I'm telling you, okay. we are, it's very exciting. It's not going to be a secret for very long. We are launching our, our locations right now are all corporate owned. We are launching our franchise platform across the country. Whoa. Yes. So very exciting. 
very big announcement. We are very close to being final with about to roll this out. And I have some great partners involved and very, very excited about this new phase of Gloss Lab, as well as we do have a a product line, but we are continuing to expand that as well. Got it. So the product line will probably be bigger. It'll blow up more through the franchises as well. Yes. It makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. I'm going to put you on the spot and I don't know how you'll answer this. Out of the current locations, which are your top favorite three? Let's just give me, give me the three. No, in no particular order. So I, I live in downtown New York and I live very close to our Tribeca location. So I joke that that's my favorite because it's right here. I, I've always heard that I've always heard that it's good to live near one of your locations and I, I actually live near a lot of them because in New York City, they're pretty close together. The Tribeca location, uh, it's next to the Starbucks where I get my coffee a couple of times a day. Oh, so well, geez, that I, has I, to be your favorite yeah, one. It has to be my favorite one, but I'm also in there a lot. You know, when, if there's like some paint that chips in that store, I'm on it. So I, I have to say that one, but I love them all. Okay, okay. We'll go with that. Now, you mentioned at the beginning that you originally had this idea in college. You went a different route. You came back to it. I also heard that you came back to it because you said you've got two kids and you you wanted to spend more time with them. You wanted to just be connected more with them. Is that the case? Or, or what was the reasoning behind wanting to do something for your own that allowed you to do more of what you wanted to? I've always been very entrepreneurial since I was a kid. I have always, you know, even, even as, as a kid starting businesses. So I've always had that entrepreneurial streak. I did go to finance, go into finance after business school. I was fortunate to have what I would say is a very uh, entrepreneurial role within finance because I was fundraising and it was a bit of an eat what you kill. So that sort of worked for my personality. Yeah. But I I always knew that I wanted to do my own thing. And I think the timing of having my second daughter feeling like I was not on my own schedule and not really loving loving what I was doing day in and day out for too many days was really the trigger that made me sort of and take this jump to actually do it. And I definitely work harder now than I've ever worked in my life. I've I'm always been a hard worker, but there's nothing like it when it's your own, but it's also my own. So I'm able to, you know, be with my kids when I can be with my kids. I'm also a lot happier when I'm with my kids because I love what I'm doing. Yeah, it makes sense. All right. On that same thought, as you're growing your business, you have the opportunity to bring in some amazing talent to work with you. What are the first few things that you look for in the talent that you hire? Because you're an entrepreneur. You've had terrible hires before. I know I have. We all have. Let's focus on the good ones. What are the qualities that you look for in hiring great talent? Such a great question. I First of all, I have to like who I'm working with. So that's important to me. I always say that I'm the worst interviewer because I'm really just gauging if I like the person and it's someone that I want to spend time with. Um, But I do feel like that's sort of my gut voice. And I do feel like when I have in the past gone against that gut, um, 
you know, I, it, I know, I know. And I think we all know, you know, it, ha- it has to be sort of that right fit. So I think I look first and foremost for people that I like. Um, I look for people that sort of share in this vision that are hardworking, that are self-starting, that are, can sort of handle what they're doing with, with obviously, with obviously support, but not needing too, too much and are really able to, um, you know, to take charge and, and are just happy and excited to be, to be doing it. I love that. That, you know what? Your very first answer, I want to work with people that I like. Barbara Corcoran said the exact same thing when I interviewed her. She's like, Tristan, if I get up off my seat and I feel energized after talking to you, I'm probably going to work with you. But if I stand up and I'm like, oh, I'm glad that's over. I'm never going to talk to you again. You said the exact same thing, Rachel. This is perfect. I, I didn't steal it. I promise. I came no, no. up. It's good though. It's good. It just, it just shows like after our experiences, it's like, hey, you know what? This life's too short and it's already really complicated on the entrepreneurial levels. It's like, we don't want to make it worse. Yeah. A hundred percent. And there's so many, there's so many great resumes, but you're not hiring the resume. You're hiring the person. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. That's really good. I came up with that myself. I'm going to use that right here. I'm going to be like, Rachel said. Oh, that's good, Rachel. I like that. All right. Now, you also said, this gets kind of tough. It's not always easy. It's a lot easier because it's yours. It's your passion. So we can work a lot more and it doesn't feel like it. But I also know that some days it can weigh us down. How do you keep going on certain days? How do you watch out? so that your mind doesn't stray and it feels like you're burning out instead of growing. How do you find that harmony or balance? How do you do that? It it is very real and there's a lot of days that are, you know, a lot of a lot of great days and a lot of not so great days and and everything in between. It it is not easy. Balance is not easy for for me what I found tools that work for me. I I'm up very early in the morning before the rest of my crazy household of husband and two young daughters wakes up. And that's my time where I exercise, I try to meditate. I'm still not very good at it, but I try. And I sort of get ahead of my day. What are my top priorities? What are the top three things? I go, I still use that of what do I have to get? What has to get done today? What do I need to you know, lead my team doing things like that? So I, I love that time. And I find that when I don't have that time, my whole day is thrown off. So for me, I, it just sort of sets me up and this, you know, it's, it's different for every person, but it sets me up to really find more balance throughout the rest of the day, because I've done, I've done the work ahead. And I, and I also will say that the day before I go through my schedule and I make my top priority list for the next day. So you already wake up and you're like, I know what I need to work on. These are these the three things that I still still think I need to work on. Can you tell me about that evening part? What what time do you do that? Is it late in the day, early in the day, in the evening? What does that look like? I usually do it either sort of to close my work day before I'm coming home to my girls and my husband. So I sort of, even though... I will still work after they go to sleep at night. At least I have my plan for the next day done. So I either do it then or I do it before I go to bed, but I do not go to sleep at night without that. Okay. Do you 
Do you write this down in a journal? Do you put it onto some Google Doc, calendar? What does that look like? I've tried everything in between and I handwrite still. Cool. I, I just, there's something about it that I, I handwrite it. You can see it right. It's messy on my desk every day. Oh, nice. I've tried, I've tried going digital with it. I've succeeded with my calendar, but I still, there's something about writing paper and pen. That's what works for me. I don't, I don't get it either. I'm like, ah, for some reason it like connects to, it connects me more to it. Yes. A hundred percent. If I type it, it's, it's sort of in and out and it's gone. But if I write it, it's, it's here. It's, it's real. It's alive. I like that. All right. Now I know that you throughout the day, throughout the week, you get ideas and you're like, Ooh, that's a really good idea for my company. How do you, number one, keep track of the ideas? And then how do you start implementing them? Is it something that you text yourself, you put it on the dock, you write it out? How do you revisit them? What does that look like? I write, I write everything down. If I don't write it down, it's gone. I really, truly believe nothing should live in your head that doesn't have to. So I write everything down. I'm a, I'm a list person. I love the getting things done system. I don't know if that's something that you've looked at, but I, I use it. I love it. And I really create this, I call it like my inbox for myself throughout the week. And that's really my ideas. So anything that like doesn't easily fall into a category for me, I'm I'm just writing it down. And then typically at the, the end of the week, I am going through and kind of actioning it if it hasn't been actioned already. But but ideas, if, if I don't write them down, they're gone. So I, I write everything down. That's so cool. You've got your own inbox. I love that. It's like, yeah, I've got my own. It's, handwritten, it's a handwritten inbox, but that's awesome. But yes. And I also do everything in between. Sometimes it's an email or a text. It, often I'll email it to myself of, you know, just so I I make sure it's written down somewhere. I love that. That's really good. Very cool. How do you get your your family involved into what you do? Is it something that they're involved in that you share with them or you kind of keep them away from it? What does that look like? What does that relationship look like? They're very involved. My husband invests in consumer stocks. So he's he's involved not in a formal way, but in a, you know, in in, in the background for sure. And just being in being in a similar industry. And my daughters, what what I really love about this is I felt like when I worked in finance, it was mommy goes to an office and there wasn't really an understanding of it. Mm-hmm. But now they they really can be involved, you know, beyond getting manicures, which they they go through phases. Sometimes it's like I don't want another manicure. <laughs> I've overdone it, but I think they they really can see what I'm doing and what I'm building, and they also see me working really hard, which um, which I like. That's very cool. What's your favorite color? Favorite color? I mean, pink. Pink. Oh no, wait, is there like a shade of pink that you like? Oh, oh, nail polish color. I thought you meant favorite, like just favorite color. I was like, Gloss Labs pink. My favorite color is pink. My favorite polish color. We launched our polish. It's called OG Every Day. It's a lightish, like whitish, lightish pink. I'm it's googling pink. that right now. OG Lab OG Everyday Polish. It's the best. I I love all our colors, just like oh. I love all our colors. That's my favorite. That's like a it looks like a pink, right? Or no? It's hard to see again. It's hard to see like on a screen, but it's very and it's it's semi-sheer. So it's it's not full coverage, it's not no coverage. It's a, it's, it's sort of everything in between. This is cool. I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna order that one for my wife. I mean, that does look nice. I like it. Love it. <laughs> thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much for doing this. Where would people find out more about you? 
or more about your company, or if they have questions, how do they reach out to you? Yeah, please. Um, I would say probably Instagram is the easiest. Um, we are gloss, our handles, gloss lab, G L O S S L A B. I I followed you. I believe I reached a glass or something like that on Instagram. Perfect. Got you. Followed you there. Uh, nice. I like it. Oh, I, I see your two kids too. Yes. They, nice. they, yeah. Thank you. Rachel, thank you so much. I appreciate you being on. Thank you. Thank Those you so much. Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it. <laughs>